Welcome back to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us, the editor of the Weekly Standard, Bill Crystal. Bill, how are you doing on the Friday before the election? I'm hanging in there, Michael, as best as I can. How about you? I am just as confident as I was when we last we spoke. 302 electoral college votes for Mitt Romney. I haven't seen anything that changes the fundamentals, which is independents are going for Mitt, and GOP enthusiasm among voters is higher than Democrats. You add those two together, I, it seems to me that's the race. What am I missing? Well, a lot of state polls are going the other way, but maybe they're wrong. They're maybe oversampling Democrats. And the national polls, there's been a little erosion in Romney's position, I think. Obama's got a tiny lead, maybe, instead of uh, trailing by a tiny amount. But that may also be misleading, or maybe a little bit of a bear market rally this week for Obama, which will reverse this weekend for the reasons you say. The primary trend may reassert itself. At the end of the day, 52% or so of the American public may decide they want to change, and they may just vote that way on Tuesday. The number that keeps jumping out for all sorts of reasons in this election cycle is 47. And I'm not talking about Mitt Romney's <laughs> ill-chosen words. I'm talking about the fact that President Obama consistently seems to be trapped at 47%. I'm curious if there's something he can do in this weekend that would break that last logjam and get people to say, yes, I'll do this for four more years. Yeah, it's hard. I don't know. I I think not. I mean, there is some evidence of a bit of a default to the incumbent at the very end when voters are uncertain, and that would perhaps push them up to 49 or 50 or 51. Um, And, of course, they continue to attack Romney vigorously. But I I guess deep down, despite the state polls, which are somewhat bad for Romney, despite the conventional wisdom in Washington, uh, which I do think right now would say, even among Republicans, that Obama is likely to win an era victory. I think I'm with you. I'm a little less bold than you, a little less out there than you. I'm not <laughs> sure about 302 votes. That would be great. But I, I guess my gut is that at the end of the day, uh, the, the voters do not want a second term of Barack Obama. And enough of them will vote that way to put Mitt, Mitt Romney over the top. I wish he were closing a little stronger. I, I wish he were being a little less cautious here in these last few days. But maybe, you know, maybe his team knows what they're doing and they're and they're and they're closing in the right way. To me, the question lingers, is this a hope election or a change election? Do people still have hope that President Obama can somehow make things better if we just give him four more years? Or are they ready to just end this era and start the clock over? Which one do you think it is? Well, we'll know on Tuesday night or Wednesday morning, but I I think it's a change election. I just wish that Romney were making the broader case for change, not just on jobs, not just on the economy, not even just on the deficit. He he gave a decent speech this morning in Wisconsin, a decent closing speech, didn't mention foreign policy or national security at all, didn't mention the Supreme Court or social issues at all. I understand that voters mostly want to hear about the economy, and I certainly think he should have mostly spoken about the economy, but I think he's running for president. I'm a little worried that this kind of one-dimensional campaign his team has insisted on his running uh, is cramping, in a way, his appeal. And if you're a voter who thinks the economy's not good, but it's not horrible for you, and that you remember that Bush got you in this mess in the first place, you're not so sure about some of Romney's plans, there is... There are concerns about national security that might tip you over, I think. There might be concerns about Supreme Court appointments and judicial activism that would tip you over. Romney has gone out of his way not to make those appeals. They're obviously risky. Maybe he thinks he would lose on those fronts. But I I just worry about such a a kind of one-dimensional campaign. That would be my, my main concern going into this weekend. Well, then let's talk about some of the specific events of the last few hours that might affect things over the weekend. You mentioned foreign policy. Benghazi, every day there's another 
ugly story about Benghazi. The uh, White House is mishandling. Now they're uh, turning the, the spotlight on uh, General Petraeus. Was this a CIA screw up? What, does Benghazi play a role, particularly with traditional Democrats who are older and served in the military in states like uh, Florida and Ohio? Well, it should play a role. For me, it's really a damning indictment of the Obama White House and the Obama presidency and President Obama personally, both because of what he didn't do or did, but didn't mostly didn't do that night, that evening of September 11th, and then the misleading information that at his direction was put out over the next two weeks, and then his refusal to simply give an account of what he did and didn't do and why what happened happened or what didn't happen happened. I mean, if there were mistakes made, acknowledge it. We deserve to know that. Four Americans were killed. Uh, there are huge unanswered questions which have not been answered by the kind of CIA briefings over the last 24, 48 hours where the administration has tried to kind of cover itself by putting out timelines that don't really answer the key questions about what President Obama was doing and why military assets weren't mobilized. Maybe they couldn't have been mobilized, but let them explain that. Um, maybe there was better coordination than we think among the different branches of the government. It doesn't sound that way, but let them explain that. But I, I really find that... Uh, worrisome. I think a lot of Americans do. Some of the polls suggest that. People don't think the administration has been candid on that. But here's the problem. If Mitt Romney simply refuses to mention it, I think voters then think, well, you know, some journalists are talking about it and some experts, some commentators uh, think it's a problem. But, you know, if the Republican presidential candidate doesn't mention it, I guess it's just one of those things that happens. Some kind of screw up in government. I uh, can't really hold it as a against President Obama as a real failure of, his, of leadership on his part. I think if Mitt Romney just said three sentences, that this was a failure of leadership abroad, very not so dissimilar from some of his failures at home, a failure to take responsibility, a failure to step up, a failure to show leadership in a crisis, um, and now subsequently an attempt to, to, to uh, avoid blame or responsibility or accountability. I think that would go a long way, and I'm worried. I understand why they don't want to do it. He's touched the Libya thing a couple of times, and it's got a little singed, and it's a, you know, it's dicey, and it will take them off the narrative they want about jobs and the economy. But I worry that unless Mitt Romney addresses it, it doesn't fundamentally break through. And I understand the premise that if the media are delivering the story, why politicize it? Let it be a third-party indictment of the Obama leadership on Benghazi. But as you pointed out, the media aren't really talking about it. I have a very simple statement that I wonder why Mitt Romney won't make. I promise you that two weeks after a terrorist attack, I will not be talking about videos or riots that never occurred. I will never misrepresent the facts the way that they were misrepresented here. I mean, why not just that simple statement and then no, send think, the press out to right. handle it? The, the claim that I'm just stating, I will never misrepresent the facts, and they have been misrepresented, misrepresented here. Would I think be powerful? The media would have to cover it. It exactly. would put a focus back on President Obama's behavior in what is his most recent national security crisis. So it isn't like this is a unimportant event or, or not a revealing event. It's not something that happened in the first couple of months in office when there are sometimes screw-ups. He's been president for almost four years. His team is in place. He was in the White House. He wasn't. There's no, you know, extenuating circumstances, so to speak. This is a snapshot of the Obama White House at work, and it's a very unflattering one. And I just hope that voters look take a look at that over these last couple of days and really think do they want this guy and this team in office for four more years uh the other events of the last few hours here on the friday before the election jobs numbers came out unemployment rate went up slightly job growth still stinks was the number meaningful in any way bill crystal i think it pretty much confirmed what we knew which is we have a very very slow recovery a poor recovery and i think uh i don't think it'll change votes either way 
Now, the other story that's kind of taking some interesting turns is Hurricane Sandy. There was a lot of worry among Mitt Romney supporters that President Obama was going to use his chance to look presidential, stand next to somebody of larger stature, Chris Christie, and kind of glow. (laughs) Think about that, the incumbent president getting the glow from the governor of New Jersey, but that's what happened. Now the story's taking an interesting turn. The devastation in places like Staten Island and parts of Jersey are still awful. People are on the ground standing in gas lines. The images on TV, very, very ugly. And then you have this, I think, terrible decision by Michael Bloomberg to have the New York City Marathon so he can have cops handing out water to suburbanite joggers while people in Staten Island have no drinkable water of their own. Will Hurricane Sandy have an effect over this weekend? Yeah, I can't tell. I agree with you about the marathon decision. And I think it's somehow indicative of the way Mike Bloomberg thinks, and which is in turn somewhat indicative of the way a bunch of liberal elites think, which is, you know, let's have a marathon because that's something our people uh, like and care about, and it will bring the city together or some such thing. But, you know, hey, if it diverts some generators and some cops and some efforts from actual people who can't get drinking water or who have to be kicked out of hotels they moved into because they have no power to make way for out-of-town marathoners coming in, well, so be it. That's what, you know, some of the collateral damage from uh, having a cool event like the New York City Marathon. I find it a little offensive. Um, but whether it hurts President Obama somehow by some indirect effect, uh, whether the, the the kind of slight gain he might have gotten from what looked like effective management of the hurricane, I, I'm not sure any of that mattered very much. I kind of think it's a Mitt Romney judgment now. You know, I think everyone's pretty much made their judgment about President Obama, negative, mm-hmm. positive, or in, in the case of the few swing voters, kind of in between. And now it's still Romney's to close the deal. I think he's done it pretty well on the economy. I think it would just take one more sort of step, so to speak, to close it on the broader uh, questions of presidential competence and presidential um, ability um, and responsibility. And that's why, again, I come back to Benghazi. I hate to obsess about it. I think Steve Hayes and I spent all of our time talking about it. But <laughs> I, I just for me, it's so revealing about the deficiencies of the Obama White House and the deficiencies of his leadership and his unwillingness to take responsibility. And I just think if Mitt Romney could bring that a little uh, further front and center, it would make a huge difference. Well, then let's close with uh, by using Benghazi as a kind of a final look at, as we go through the weekend. I think Benghazi is one of the one of several issues that reveals President Obama's challenge to put this thing away. The people who know about Benghazi really care about Benghazi. They are motivated. I've talked to veterans. They call my show. They eat me. When you see who's motivated, they are really pumped up. There is no comparable pump up for President Obama. When you see the Nevada uh, newspapers, anti, they didn't endorse Mitt. They did an anti-endorsement of, of, uh, of, of President Obama. It is full of passion. They use words like packs of lies and narcissistic amateur in the largest newspaper in Nevada. The people want to get rid of, Obama, of President Obama really want to get rid of him as opposed to people who are voting for him who kind of when you talk to them kind of well let's give him some more time and i'm not really sure isn't all of the passion and energy for people who actually show up and vote this time with team romney bill crystal i think most of it is and i think that usually makes a difference in voting on the other hand it could be that the obama people are just going to turn out all their lukewarm voters and of course the voting machine doesn't know whether you voted lukewarmly or passionately so, I mean, it'll be an interesting question, really an interesting analytical question almost. Uh, how much does the intensity gap, which you see in all the polls, 
actually matter to election day turnout and early voting turnout. I think it may matter. I think it may be why some of the polling that tends to not have the right likely voter screen for that reason doesn't really capture intensity, why some of the polling may be off in some of the key states. And if you put a gun to my head, I, I would join you in predicting that Romney wins. I think he does win of the of – the, uh, you know, he needs to pick up six states that McCain lost to Obama – um, which have traditionally or often gone Republican. Uh, he will win Indiana. I think he'll pretty certainly win North Carolina. I think he'll win Florida. A little nervous about Virginia here where I live, but I think that'll come through. I think he'll win Colorado, and then he needs to win Ohio. In Ohio, I've talked to people who are on the ground there, whom I trust, who really are following it closely, and they're sober people. They're on Romney's side, but they're very sober, and they think two or three of them, three of them I've talked to, think Romney will win. So I, I'm putting my... Uh, hopes on those six states. Those six states come through. You don't need uh, Iowa. You don't need New Hampshire. You don't need Pennsylvania. Those are all possible. Wisconsin, but uh, I think that's and I think that would be a path to victory for Mitt Romney. And I, I God, I just don't know. And it's a very going to be a very nervous making next twenty two <laughs> hours. But I, if I had to bet, I'd bet on that outcome. Well, let me leave the uh, Wake the Center podcast listeners with these optimistic numbers. Number one, no incumbent Democrat wants to have to be playing defense in Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Iowa. That's not supposed to happen. You don't want to see a margin of three in Minnesota. That's not supposed to happen. No incumbent president wants his uh, pop, uh, uh, his uh, uh, reelect number at 47 or anywhere below 50. No incumbent president wants unemployment at 7.9%. Uh, and no incumbent president wants to run against a guy who, until Gallup stopped polling because of the hurricane, was at 50% for 14 days in a row. All of those are usually indicators of who's going to win, and all of those favor Mitt Romney. Does that help? Yes, you cheered me up. <laughs> I'm going to be. I'll be cheerful for at least another twenty minutes, and then I'll lapse back into my. Well, if the Weekly Standard po- worry if, and anxiety, if the Weekly Standard podcast can present twenty minutes of cheer, that's really <laughs> done our job. Bill Crystal, we will talk to you again on Monday before the election. Great. Thanks so much for listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast. Check regularly at weeklystandard.com for more podcasts.